Welcome to Keeping It Israel, brought to you by First Century Foundation. This weekly podcast explores how your Christian faith connects to Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's your host, Executive Director of First Century Foundations, Jeff Feuders. Welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast today. My name is Jeff and uh, my guest today is Gidon Ariel. Gidon is the founder, CEO of RootSource, an organization dedicated to promoting respectful relationships between Christians and Jews. Uh, RootSource brings knowledgeable Israeli teachers and curious Christians together to study the Jewish texts and the concepts that are foundational to each of their faiths. He is a reserve officer in the IDF spokesperson's office. He lives in Malhaber, a suburb of Hebron in the West Bank, where he moved with his family in 2012. You don't. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Jeff. Well, it's been wonderful to make your acquaintance, and I hope that we can do this from time to time. Uh, but today, what we want to talk about is uh, something fairly current. Uh, you have just come through in Israel over the last uh, week. I think the ceasefire happened uh, Friday morning, early Friday morning last week, but uh, you've come through a, a pretty well a week of, of very, very intense conflict. And so I want to just get your take today. First of all, you know, how did this begin? How did it start and, and begin to escalate? You know, it's not like uh, you're in a, in a classroom and everything's fine and all of a sudden some kid from nothing starts shooting spitballs at you, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, it, the, the Hamas terrorist organization is the de facto and de jure uh, leadership, uh, elected, amazingly, leadership in the, in the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip is about, I don't know, five miles wide, and about 30 miles uh, uh, top to bottom. It's a strip. Uh, I might have the numbers mm -hmm. wrong, but we're talking about something like that. In that uh, strip, there is the Hamas terrorist organization that does its very best to fulfill its charter, which uh, mandates itself to destroy the state of Israel and kill all of the Jews who live there. So, so that's their no. mandate. <laughs> And just to clarify, that is a that is a written, stated manifesto, correct? Yeah, it's sort of like the Declaration of Independence. If you if you look yeah. up, if you look up Hamas Charter, and you uh, you read it, you, you'll find that there. <laughs> exactly, and I think it's important to note that many countries around the world have uh, recognized Hamas as a terrorist organization. I mean, how else can you define a terrorist organization other than the organization that says in their, in their very uh, foundational document, we are here to get the Jews out of, their, out of that land uh, one way or another. Right. And, you know, right. We, we, we don't balk. It says there, we will do you any, anything at, 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 our, uh, at our fingertips, including and especially violence. And especially, right yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So this doesn't happen overnight. We understand that there there is an ongoing conflict over a period of many years, and it has kind of morphed and changed uh, depending on the situation in terms of of how they carry out some of this. But but in the recent uh, the recent escalation, 
um, we have a couple of things sort of sort of crashing together. We have we have Ramadan and and the um, the tension, I guess you'd call it, on the Temple Mount. And also, and, and I've, I've been trying to do a little reading on this, but this, this lease dispute in East Jerusalem, four families. So, so help me out with, with how this escalates to rockets being fired. Okay, you left out really the most important and real reason. Now, again, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, blaming you because I'm sure that you did the best that you could in researching but uh, not every, not every um, uh, uh, M M MSM, mainstream media, picks up on uh, the is Israeli spokespeople's uh, announcements. And so they, they say, well, I'm not going to use the Israeli spokespeople. But that's the truth. First of all, as far as Ramadan is concerned, there is something. That, Ra Ramadan is an annual month-long uh, fasting and prayer month for Muslims. Uh, and the uh, extremist Muslims around the world obviously try to use that to their benefit to bring um, Muslims to, to more extreme positions and activities. Not all uh, Muslims, of course, are extreme. Uh, so, uh, you know, if, if, you're, if, you're, if it's hot and you're hungry and there's a lot of people around you that are yelling and screaming, uh, you know, death to who knows who, then, you, then there's more of a chance, if you're hot and hungry, that you're going to join them if, if, if you're not hot and you're not hungry. But that is really the... the by the way, they don't, they don't uh, do a fast for, for, for 30 days straight. They eat at night, so it's okay. Right. But, uh, but the, the real reason that there was an escalation... Well, well, there are, again, two reasons. One, that Hamas had the ability. They've been stockpiling rockets since the last time we pummeled them, which I believe was five years ago. So for five, five years ago, there was a ceasefire. We said that we achieved our goals in this operation. And they said that they won. <laughs> so everybody was, everybody was happy or not happy. But, oh, yeah. but what we, one, of, one of Israel's main uh, goals in operations in the Gaza Strip is to minimize their rockets. In other words, to try to destroy as many rockets as we can until there's a ceasefire. So that's what we did the last time. But since then, they've been uh, manufacturing rockets. That's what they do between times. In, in between uh, escalations, Israel uh, builds and invents defense um, defense tools right. in order to, to defend its uh, population. And Hamas takes that time to build rockets in order to kill Israel's civilian population. Unfortunately, 25% of the rockets that they use fall inside the Gaza Strip. They are, they are not excellent rockets, thank God. But unfortunately, they end up killing uh, Gazans also, right? About in, so, in other words, and we we might get to more, but but in any case, the, so so that is the reason that it started because they had enough um, ammunition to, to 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 keep us busy, right? And uh, but the real reason that this started is because there is supposed to be elections 
in the West Bank. Okay, now before I talked about the Gaza Strip, and now I started talking about the West Bank. Okay, so if anybody's familiar with the map of Israel, it's sort of shaped like the state of New Jersey. Okay, it's, 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 it's a long, it, from top to bottom, it's mostly north-south, north and it's not so wide. That's what it is. Like New now, take out a chunk of the middle, but leave a little bit of a strip on the west side, about 10 miles on the west, and about, and then and you got a chunk uh, uh, shaped like a, the letter B in the middle. That is what's called the West Bank, also known as Judea and Samaria. We won't get into the semantics just now. Um, I think about 20 years ago, or, uh, something like that, 19, somewhere between 15 and, and 20 years ago, I don't have the numbers at my fingertips, I apologize. Um, the, uh, there was some sort of an, of an arrangement where there would be elections in the Gaza Strip and in um, the West Bank, which are separate because the, the Gaza Strip is on the south uh, western corner of Israel, and the West Bank is on the eastern, the, the mid-eastern side of Israel. It's much bigger than, than the Gaza Strip. Uh, so the, the, PA, the, the, um, the Fatah, slightly less horrific terrorist organization, won the elections mm-hmm. in the West Bank, and the Hamas, which is the much worse terrorist organization, won the elections in the Gaza Strip. Okay, so we in America, if, if, the, if, the, if the Republicans lose and the Democrats win, okay, so the Republicans say, we'll, we'll win next time. No. The way that it worked in the Gaza Strip is that they killed all of the Fatah activists. I'm sorry for laughing, but that's what happened. So there's no more Fatah in the, in the right. uh, Gaza Strip. There, and there's also no more Israelis in the Gaza Strip. <laughs> Because the Israelis pulled out of the Gaza Strip in about, I think it was 2002. Sorry for not having my, uh, my numbers over here. I'm talking from my memory. And I'm not good with, with numbers and with dates. My wife is around. She has a, a watch. She has a calendar. Whenever the kids have a birthday, she says, it's, it's the kid's birthday. I say, great, I'm going to wish I have. Otherwise, <laughs> you know. Yeah. L- luckily, luckily, my wife and I got married on the most on the most popular day in the Israeli calendar to get married, so I always Perfect. remember our anniversary. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so the Israelis pulled out of the Gaza Strip, which we, uh, which we conquered in 1967. So for about 30, 40 years, we were in the Gaza Strip. Then we decided, one-sidedly, to pull out from there. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, by far, it wasn't the whole country. It was, it was a very strong argument on whether we should do it or not. The, the right wing said we should, the right wing of Israelis said we shouldn't do this. The left wing said, no, we're going to do it. They did it. We said, if you pull out of there, they're going to start shooting rockets at us. And the, and the left wing said, what are you talking about? They'll shoot one rocket, we'll reconquer it. Well, they shot, they've shot thousands and thousands and thousands of rockets since then, right. and we're not moving back in so fast. Oi, anyway, the, back to the reason. So, about 19 years ago, or 15, I don't remember the number, the, the Fatah won the elections in the West Bank. Now, since Israel is still very much in the West Bank, both the army and civilians, there are about 200 Israeli settlements in the West Bank 
there's about 500,000, 300,000, hundreds of thousands of Israeli Jews who live in the West Bank and are traveling all over the place. So except for some blocks where, where Israelis don't go, but, but the Israeli army, certainly the Israeli intelligence does go, it's a lot harder for there to be a civil war in um, the West Bank between the Fatah and the Hamas. But there are Hamasnikim, there are Hamas uh, activists, whether they are um, open about it or whether they are underground about it, but there are plenty of Hamas in the West Bank. Now that there's finally going to be an election, you see, every four years in uh, the West Bank, there's supposed to be an election. So now that 18 years have passed since the last election, (laughs) they've decided that they're going to have an election. However, Mahmoud Abbas, who is the Prime Minister of the West Bank, what is known as the Palestinian Authority, realized, you know, he did some public opinion polls, he realized he was going to lose to to the Hamas. Guess what? That's why there haven't been elections in 19 years, even though there should be elections every four years. Because if, if you can defer elections that you're pretty sure you're going to lose, you, you wouldn't be a very good politician if you wouldn't choose to do that. So that's what's been going on. However, this time there's been too much pressure on, on Mahmoud Abbas to have elections. And so even though he saw that he was probably going to lose. He said, okay, we're going to have elections. Ultimately, he came up with some reason to defer elections anyway, so they have been deferred. I don't know if they're going to be deferred for another four years, or another four days, or months. I don't know, but nobody was really expecting that to happen. But the Hamas said, no, in case there's elections, we better make sure that we have a best chance of winning the elections. And the way that it works is mm. uh, kill a Jew and win the election. So that is why they started shooting rockets at us. So that the people in the West Bank would be able to see, ah, those Hamas, they're real heroes. So, Gidon, why, um, maybe you don't have the answer for this, but why haven't, why haven't we heard this in, in the media? Why, why is this not um, being talked about? The reason is, is the, again, the way that I see the reason is, is that hmm. the mainstream media likes the underdog. And they perceive Hamas and the Palestinians, more the Palestinians, they, 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 don't, they can't, whatever they can't pronounce, they don't like to say. So they can't pronounce Hamas so well. <laughs> so they say, okay, the Palestinians. And they say, okay, look at this. These, look, at, look at this picture. Here's a soldier... And he's grabbing a child. That's not nice. So it's easy with these, with these sound bites and with these picture bites to cast Israel as the Goliath here and the Palestinians as the David. So once you've pummeled in that narrative for years and for decades, not only is it uncomfortable for you to change the narrative, but it's in you as uh, as a as a uh, as right. a reporter as a journalist. Not all journalists are like this, 
but too many of them are. And there are activist websites calling out journalists who um, are not telling the story uh, fairly, but, but preferring the Palestinian narrative. That is why... So you thought I might not be yeah. able to the answer, but that, that's... No, I figured uh, you would the, have a good uh, answer. Probably. I just like framing those questions so that so that we can draw that information out. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the media narrative is um, what is informing largely uh, West, the West, North America in particular, um, but as well, uh, you know, other other nations in Europe and, and so on. We have experienced and, and you know, this is this is not about us, but but as an organization who chose to uh, stand with Israel during this past week of fighting, you know, chose to defend Israel's right to defend herself and so on, uh, we've experienced an incredible amount of uh, of pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel hatred uh, is the only thing I can call it hatred on our our Facebook page, um, and we are not, you know. We as an organization would never, we're not pro-war, we're not anti-Palestinian, you know, we are for, we're for people. We we are pro-Palestinian and pro-Israel, pro-Jewish, and uh, we're anti-evil and anti-terror and therefore anti-Hamas. And, uh, but, but this, this attack has almost seemed calculated. And, um, you know, I I said to somebody the other day, they must be using a bot or an algorithm of some kind to to attack our state because of the fact that uh, you know we are we are supporting not not supporting you know again the the conflict necessarily but Israel's right to defend herself and um, you know I wonder if you've heard anything you know more about that kind of thing because because I would I would delete a comment and ban a user and immediately five more would pop up. It was like, it was like whack-a-mole, you know, like it was, it was ridiculous. And we actually had to pull our Facebook page down for a wow. few days so that we could, so that we could monitor some, I'm, I'm talking thousands of, of uh, these kinds of comments. And so, um, yeah, I didn't know if you've heard anything more about some of that happening as well. Well, look, um, <laughs> We that that's another ball for me to juggle in this uh, in this uh, interview, and 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 for sure, especially amongst us uh, English speakers, uh, English speaking uh, activists in Israel, uh, that is an issue that is that has come up by by, by by without any question, and that is I I really do think that this is a another front that the Hamas is orchestrating. In other words, the Hamas uh, uh, has what they call a military wing and a diplomatic wing. But I don't think the diplomatic wing is just there to say, oh, we love children and we, uh, we disdain violence. No, they don't say that, first of all. But what mm. they do do, I think, is that they try to agitate uh, the media and especially the social media. So again, I don't know if it's totally Hamas, but unfortunately Hamas has a lot of willing, cooperating partners all over the world. Right. So yeah. So 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 that's what's going on, and they and and you know they do R and D 
to make sure that they can do the best they can in shutting up uh, supporters of Israel and uh, helping uh, usually vulgar attackers of Israel on social media. And all this in order to try to um, convince the people in the middle that they're on the right side, that they should join them and not Israel. Yeah. Yeah, no, certainly it is about, about trying to sway public opinion. And uh, I, I feel like they were being effective. I mean, I mean, those hashtags, you know, um, uh, support Gaza and Gaza under attack, they were trending for a few days last week, which was very concerning to me. You know, I, I felt like, wow, this is this has really gained momentum on on that side. And, uh, you know, I get it. I, I get the. I get the draw to to uh, you know the, the the plate of the suffering Palestinian, and we we agree. I agree that that many Palestinians are suffering. I just don't agree that they're suffering at the hands of the Israelis. They're suffering at the hands of their own terrorist leadership. Is is where I where Absolutely. I stand. And um, I want to ask you this. You know, we as Christians, you have a pretty good uh, pretty good finger on the pulse of what we believe as as Christians. Those of us who I would call true believers. Uh, where should we stand according to our values on this whole situation? I think that um, you Christians, and you are amongst my best friends, I, I, what I hear often is that uh, the Christians that I am in touch with are Bible-believing Christians. And the, and the Bible is a book that has verses in it. And the verse that comes to mind is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And so what you have to do is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Now, the, the, the Palestinians, the Hamas, uh, as you uh, hinted to, but I didn't pick it up at the beginning of this interview, they're saying, we are the defenders of Jerusalem, which of course that's ridiculous because the first thing that a defender does isn't shoot a rocket at what you're, you claim to be defending. Right. But we are certainly, Israel is certainly defending uh Jerusalem, in order for it to be, first of all, the capital of the state of Israel, the capital of the Jewish people, and ultimately a city, a holy city, the holiest city in the world, to three religions, where we take it as our absolute responsibility to assure freedom of religion in that city. So when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you're actually praying that Israel will be able to continue to keep the peace in Jerusalem, both for their citizens, and the civilians and, and the residents, and ultimately, as soon as COVID is done, for Christian visitors there, Christian tourists. Yes, That's what we're trying to do. Yep. And, for, and for Muslims also. All throughout the Ramadan, the Temple Mount, not to mention the, the other uh, mosques all around Jerusalem, but the big Enchilada, the Temple Mount, tens of thousands of Muslims went up to the Temple Mount in order to pray. And unfortunately, hundreds and maybe thousands went up to agitate, to, to cause violence, and ultimately to uh, try to injure and murder mm. Jews. What they did is that the Temple, of, the Temple Mount, get it? It's a yeah. mountain. 
And on the other side of the Temple Mount is the Western Wall. The Western side of this Temple Mount is the Western Wall. So that sounds really cool, the Western Wall. But really, technically, it's the Western Retaining Wall of the Temple Mount. Right. So if any of you know what a retaining wall basically means, is that it's a wall. So on top, you have the, the, the Temple Mount. And on the bottom, you have the Plaza of the Western Wall, which means that if you are on the Western, if you are on the Temple Mount, you can lob a rock over the wall. It's not very high, and especially if you can, if you can get on a ladder or something like that, and that rock will fall on a praying Jew at the Temple uh, at the Western Wall. So immediately, as soon as that starts happening, the people who are praying there they scurry. And they try to make sure that a rock doesn't fall on their head. That is terror. That is terrorism. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But 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 in, but so so that is why again, if I can go back to your initial question, that is why the Israeli police force went on to the te- the Temple Mount, not in order to say, "What Muslim is daring to pray here? We want to break some heads." No. What? Terrorist is trying to agitate terror. Those are the ones that we are going to use our best crowd control um, uh, theory and actions, and we are going to arrest them. Right. And that right. is what they did. But if they, but if the Muslims and the the Palestinian supporters say the Israelis are. Um, What's it called? They're profaning the holiness of the Temple Mount. They're not profaning it. They're keeping these terrorists from profaning it. Unless unless the the, the Palestinians consider using terror from the Temple Mount is a way of, of, uh, of sanctifying it. I don't think so. Unfortunately, there's really very few people that you can talk to. It's very hard to find a Palestinian spokesperson including Western supporters of Palestinians, who will speak civilly. They will speak vulgarly, yeah. as you've seen on your, on your site. There's, no, there's nobody to talk yeah. to there. That's, that's the shame. Which actually tomorrow night, I think, or tonight, I don't even remember, I'm speaking to a group of Palestinians and Israelis, usually left-wing Israelis, and their supporters from around the, country, the world, trying to present my position as a settler, what, what they call settlers. I, I think that I'm just an Israeli who happens to live in the heartland of Israel, near the, the, the cities and the locales that are mentioned in the Bible. What could be more natural for me to want to live where my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather right. right. lived? Uh, but anyway, there's a lot of hatred going on over there, and it's hard to tell the difference between somebody who is just saying, well, this is the way we're supposed to talk nowadays, and somebody who is saying, I am choosing my words in order to terrorize you. That's the way it gets. And frankly, I'm, I'm terrorized. If somebody uses vulgarity with me, yeah. I move back. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not into that kind of and thing. And that's completely understandable. Yeah. 
Very good. Well, you've you've helped us, I think, understand a little bit more about uh, not just the conflict itself, but the, the root causes. And I think that that's going to be helpful for people listening, people watching. And again, I want to sort of reiterate that from from my perspective, and I think from yeah. yours as well, I don't mm -hmm. want to put words in your mouth, mm -hmm. you know, but but we are not, uh, we're not for uh, suffering. Uh, th this is not something that, of that any not. of us are about. And I don't believe Israel even politically would, would say that they are about that. They're about defending uh, their citizens and defending more than that, defending the, the, uh, the virtues of democracy and, and rights of all people. Would, would that be fair? Israel is only slightly more focused on defending Israeli citizens and residents than they are on defending non-militant Gazan Palestinians. Yes. Because if we exactly. couldn't care less, if we say, listen, if you are a human shield, if you're, let's say that you're a non-human shield, let's say, let's say we're going back to the uh, 1500s and people there with bows and arrows and shields. So would anybody say, oh, don't, don't hit the shield. You're, you're, you're fighting with the person standing behind the shield. Of course not. Nobody would complain if you'd hit the shield. <laughs> That's the way it works. But if the Palestinians, if the Hamas uses children as human shields, that's already a different story. We're not going to say, sorry, if you're using a shield, then, then it's open season on the shield. These are humans. So Israel does its best to yeah. make sure that it minimizes what's called collateral damage, which means uh, injuring and killing innocent, innocent bystanders. A, a, a child, I'm not talking about a 17-year-old. 17-year-old, uh, nobody, they don't count. They, 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 they also run around with guns. But a five-year-old? A three-year-old? Nobody yeah. can say that that's a militant. But if, if you look on, if you look on, the, um, on the internet for uh, yesterday, Hamas, the leader of Hamas, uh, Answar, I don't remember his name, unfortunately, he had a... He had a, a um, a press conference. He brought on the stage, this is incredible, Jeff. He brought on the stage a five-year-old child holding an automatic rifle, dressed in, in um, Hamas uh, uh, fatigues. Wow. And I, don't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't file, I didn't try to listen. I wouldn't have understood it myself. I don't know if, if that child was trained to say, I am going to use this gun to kill every Jew. But it was enough that he did that. And, 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 and people pointed, and, and you could see, you know, nowadays you see a video. You can stop a video at a, at a microsecond. And you could see at some point, maybe the whole video, I didn't watch the whole video, of the child cowering in fear. Mm. That's, that's abuse. That's child abuse. Of course it is. Terrible. Terrible, terrible. Absolutely. Yeah. So so we wow. are against that. We want we want to to defeat the Hamas certainly so that our civilians and children will not cower in fear. 
but we don't want their children to cower in fear either. Yeah, absolutely. However, there's a problem, Jeff. I got a great idea. Let's just take the Israeli army, the IDF, and conquer the, uh, the, 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 the Gaza Strip and arrest all of the Hamas people, put them in jail, and, and basically uh, have a, uh, a military um, a government in the, in, in the Gaza Strip. That will be much better for that five-year-old. He won't have to worry that, that the Israelis are going to make him carry a gun. Right. Right? Doesn't that make sense? That, that it will be much better? No. Because the entire world will look at it. Look, you're conquering. You're, you're once again occupying. It's illegal. Da, 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 da. So we, we, we can't do that so easily. Yeah. Not to mention that if we would do that, we would put our own soldiers at much greater risk. Yeah, of course. No, we didn't go in on, uh, by ground. We mostly did this, did this uh, um, war, this operation with the Air Force. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a it's big a huge problem. problem. And it's a war, it's a war that, that not only is being fought in the skies, but it's being fought in, in public opinion uh, all around the world, not just, not just where you are. And, um, you know, we certainly experienced that as well this week. Listen, one last question uh, to kind of finish our time today. But but for you, uh, you know, what does what does true peace? What does Shalom uh, in Jerusalem look like? Uh, you know, as we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, as you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, what, what's that going to what's that going to look like for you? I'd like to I'd like to give you two answers. It's what it does look like and what it will look like. So I'll start with what it will look like. What it will look like is peace on earth, goodwill towards all men, the Messiah reigning in Jerusalem. These are um, Old Testament prophecies that uh, we as Jews believe in the Old Testament. The only question is, what is the identity of that Messiah? That's something we could talk about. But uh, Mm -hmm. the, the King Messiah will conquer all the evil enemies and there will be peace on earth and the lion will lie down with the lamb. That is what, that is what future peace will look like. But presently, 80%, 75%, some really high percentage of that peace already exists. My 16-year-old daughter can walk around Jerusalem with her girlfriends at 1 a.m. with much less fear than she could in most major cities in the world. Mm. And that's peace. And I can attend a, uh, a, uh, um, a dialogue group with Jews and, and Arab Muslims in Jerusalem with no problem. We are secure and safe and 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 I can walk into any many stores in Jerusalem where a uh, an Arab Muslim storekeeper will service will give me service so I think that there is a lot more peace going on in Jerusalem today I know mm-hmm. that there is a lot more peace going on in Jerusalem today than the mainstream media would have most of its consumers think Yes. Most people think Israel 
Oh, isn't that where the bombs fall? Isn't that where, where, where the uh, uh, suicide bombers are all over the place? Isn't that where there's... Well, yes, but believe me, there is about 1% of deaths of murders in Jerusalem, including terror, murder by terror, than there is in Chicago. That's a year. That's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. So it's a lot more peaceful in Jerusalem, even today, than it is in most um, Western cities, I dare say. Well, thank you, Gidon. That's very helpful. And thank you for being with us on the podcast today. I do hope that we can have uh, some future conversations about all kinds of things. And uh, I know that you will be joining us uh, again uh, at a future time on one of our podcasts. And uh, we look forward to that discussion about the partnership between Jews and Christians and, and how we can work together. And I think that uh, um, people will find that very helpful. First of all, my website is root-source.com. And if you use contact me, I love to be in contact with people who want to be in contact with me. So don't be shy. Okay. And, uh, and, and second of all, right now, again, there's COVID-19, but it's opening up. Come and visit yes. Israel. This is the best way for you to know the real facts Absolutely. on the ground. And we will reiterate your website information as we uh, close the podcast. But uh, again, thanks for being with us. Thank you very much. Shalom, shalom. Well, thanks for tuning in to Keeping It Israel today, and I hope you enjoyed my interview with Gidon Ariel. I want to encourage you, go and check out his website, root-source.com, and you'll find lots of resource there. They're doing a wonderful job bringing Christians and Jews together in order to learn from one another. First Century Foundations is a ministry that exists to support the land and the people of Israel and to educate Christians about the Jewish roots of our faith. We are a charity that relies on your generous donations. And so if you like Keeping It Israel, if you like the podcast, please consider giving and help us with the costs associated with uh, putting this out there. You can go to firstcenturyfoundations.com to learn about the many humanitarian aid projects that we are involved in and support in Israel and to find out how you can be a part of this critical work that we do. Thank you so much for your giving. Your generosity is truly making a huge difference in the lives of many people in Israel today. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, you can subscribe there as well. Leave us a review. That would be so helpful. And follow us on Facebook so that you can stay connected to all that uh, we are talking about and sharing. And I know that uh, that would be helpful for you. Please uh, remember the land and the people of Israel have a special place in God's heart and they play a critical role in history. And so more than ever before, as Christians, we stand with Israel.